Welcome to the Fight Shed Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? Haven't seen you in a while. I know. Welcome back. Welcome I back. Know. You took a vacation. We right. did. We did. You know, we oh, all... I was here. Uh, I don't know about you, but I no, was No, I was here too. Oh, okay. We just, we, <laughs> there wasn't too terribly much going on. Yeah. We'll get it, get into it later in the show that some things got canceled anyway. Um, but you know, you know how we always say the UFC train goes in the, uh, um, into the depot for a bit. We, we're, we're a cruise or a ship. We, we, we dry docked for a week just to give it a little break, but I am glad we are going to be set sailing again. Yeah, definitely. How was your last couple of weekends? It was good. It was good. I've been really engrossed into uh, football and, of course, me, fantasy football a lot. Um, enjoying a little bit of that. Uh, you know, there wasn't that much combat sports going on, but I will have to tell you that this last weekend there was a little bit of wrestling action. Did wrestling. You, did you happen to see the WWE Extreme Rules pay-per-view? No, I did not. There were actually some more MMA stars in there. Starting the show was a little Ronda Rousey. Oh, wow. WWE uh, Championship Bell Online, and she regained it. Oh, did she? And then at the end of this pay-per-view was Matt Riddle, who used to be another MMA star. And guess who was refereeing this match and they called it first time ever they called it a fight steel cage okay well i n- i've heard who was going to be a special yes. guest daniel dc cormier he was he was the r- special referee for this special extreme rules match so how how did he do he did good. I thought he did good for his first time. Uh, you know, they tried to incorporate in the storyline him a little bit, and so what happened was not you know, spoiler spoiler alert if you haven't seen it yet. But uh, what they did was they had each of the uh, opponents accidentally hit him in the face and knock him <laughs> back. To which point Cormier would grab him and throw him up against the the steel cage and go, "Dude, you're supposed to be fighting that guy down there. Don't be fighting me. We're, you're going to be in trouble." And just gave him stern warnings. Okay. <laughs> I bet you he really enjoyed that. I, I think he did, and I know he's a big uh, wrestling fan. So Yeah, yeah it was kind of cool to see that. Yeah, so did you do anything else special this weekend? I had an actual uh, vendor show for my work okay. downtown San Angelo. It's yeah. called the Craft Brew Fest. How was that? Uh, you know, it was beautiful weather. Yeah. Um, being it my second time, and I am now over two years in San Angelo, more people recognize me. So right. it was really, you know, just nice to know that San Angelo's know I'm here, yeah. what I have to offer and whatnot. So that was really cool. And, you know, everybody everybody was real nice. They had a band playing and, you know, beer that you could drink. It was fun. Is it um, loud music? It was not. It wasn't loud. Wow, okay. Because, you know, I think I'm getting old because sometimes I go to places and the music's blaring and I'm like, oh my gosh, turn the music down a little well, bit. Well, it, it's it's funny you say that because last year when we did it, they had that band right up on the vendor tents. Yeah. And it was so loud I couldn't even talk to anybody. Trying, right, right. Right. This time they threw it all the way down another block okay, away. Yeah. So it was way in the background. If you wanted to hear music, you You'll walked over to, there okay. and you wanted to hear music. If you didn't, you'd be over by us. Yeah. The other thing they did is they added another block where they had a car show. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw so that. Really, if I would have known that there was vendors and there was a car show, I would have done that, too. It so. was real good. Yeah. Um, 
Are you a so it's the Halloween season? Are yeah. you are you a uh, Halloween decorations, watch horror movies person? Um, my wife is much more than I am. I sometimes set up de- uh, decorations at Halloween, but I haven't done it this year just yet. Um, so I need to do it really soon. But um, but actually, you bring that up. We actually had a little small mini marathon a couple Fridays ago. Is it two Fridays ago? And am I thinking what I'm thinking? Yes. Did you watch Disney Plus? Okay. <laughs> so my girl watches that movie. Yeah. Fifteen times during Halloween. I oh, mean, wow. like she watched the, the right? original one. The original, and yeah. she absolutely loves it. Can quote it. And she and so I made a special night for her, and I said, "All right, here's what I'll do." I'll get her pizza. We'll sit down. We'll watch right. it. So on and so forth. Next thing you know, she's like, "We'll go to the movie theater and get some popcorn." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Is that a thing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's huge bag. Well, apparently it is because I walk into this place, and all of a sudden I'm thinking I'm going to carry a bucket of popcorn, yeah. and next thing you know, I look over and they have a to-go bag. Yep. And this bag. to-go bag is bigger than your suitcase if you go on a trip. Yeah, it, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and they charge that much for that. Too. They, yeah, I'm sure they do. But that was really cool to be able to do that. Yeah. And we, have you ever done that? No, I never okay. done that. My wife's always begging me to do it. But okay. I'm like, what are we going to do with all that popcorn? We're not going to eat it all. It makes you watch movies because that weekend we watched four different movies. And, and I still have popcorn left. Well, we need to get into it. Let's just get into some uh, recap of some boxing the last couple of weeks. We did have some amazing um, scheduled, uh, amazing schedule of boxing matches. One being Conor Ben versus Chris Eubanks Jr. It was going to be a rematch of the the fathers were amazing. Twenty thirty years ago, I think. I had I had saved some of the popcorn to watch this because I was so <laughs> excited. Man, did it end well or what? Oh man, it, it's like a, it's like it ends so fast. It's like it didn't even happen. And it didn't. It didn't happen. It was a failed drug test by Connor Ben, right? Shocking. It was isn't shocking. It? And it, you know what that uh, drug that he was actually tested positive is for? Fertility? Am I a right? Women's fertility. So, so I haven't read all the articles come out. What have you seen? And kind of get us up to date on what's um, going on. No, I mean that's the only thing that I really know is that he tested positive for that drug. It's a. It is a fertility drug, but I guess it it adds more testosterone to you know a body um they were still trying to get the the fight to go on maybe not in england but maybe somewhere else another country that would sanction sanction the fight but in the end um everything fell through and they decided to postpone the fight and i just saw an article comes out and we're going to be putting it on our facebook that 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 the previous um fighter that that lost to ben is saying i was surprised in my fight how big Ben was. Like, he was shocked. Like, what is going on with Ben I right now? I think we made that comment uh, whenever we were recapping his fight that he looked huge. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, there might be something there. I know, and I, I, I am so disappointed that I'm didn't happen. And I don't know if they're going to gonna be able to turn around and, and still have the fight. Do you? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I mean, what's the incentive there now? You know, and then how tarnished is your reputation now that you've been popped for a drug yeah we were big on on ben and and now i'm really disappointed in him right now it's gonna it's gonna take some things for me to turn back around and be a fan of him again yeah so i don't know i mean i guess does chris eubank move on to someone else do you did you think that far ahead uh who, who he should fight next yeah i think i think he should move move on i do i don't think he should be just waiting on this fight because who knows what's going to happen legally Maybe with the uh, associations and whatnot, I haven't looked that far ahead, but it needs to be a high-profile fight because, I mean, 
Eubanks is 32 and 2. He's 33 years old. He's in his prime, and he needs to really get in that title action and see where see where he ranks in there. No, I totally agree. I think Chris Eubank is one of those uh, marquee names that we have in that division, and this was going to be a huge fight for um, with big consequences in that division. Um, but uh, yeah, next next man up for uh, Chris Chris Eubank. Yep. Next up, we did preview for this past weekend. It was Sebastian Fundora versus Carlos Ocampo. This was live from the Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, California. What did you think about that fight? It was a fighter wanting to stay unbeaten against a very game opponent on this night. Yeah, I've seen Carlos Ocampo fight before. He fought he fought um, Earl Spence Jr. Really did well against Earl Spence Jr. until Earl Spence just landed a nice shot to his uh, body and took him down. Um, but, man, this was a really back and forth. Really odd the way it looked because we had a 6'5", um, you know, 6'5 fighter versus probably, what, a 5'8", 5'10 yeah. fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, it was odd, but... Um, it was kind of back and forth, a little bit too close for my comfort it, if you're a Sebastian Fendor fan. It was a very physical fight. Um, I think Ocampo took a lot of punishment. Um, there were, It was a time in the eighth round I thought that, that the ref was going to stop that at one point. I, I mean, it looked close, and if you listen to Ocampo's corner, they weren't liking the way the fight they was going weren't. either. I mean, I mean, Ocampo was getting blasted several times. But the warrior in him didn't let him go. That he, even though he got hit with huge shots, he came back with a couple of shots of his own. You know, it's just that he didn't have enough power to rock Sebastian Fundora. Yeah. Even though he landed some great shots to Fundora, Fundora just you know he just land kept on keeping on pressuring. You would think he would use his length to you know keep keep distance and yeah. use his length, but no, Fundora really wants to come inside and fight inside and trade uppercuts with each other. What'd you think about the little controversy was going on in the tenth round with the spilling of the water before they came out? Um, you know what? I, I didn't catch that, but um, I've seen that before, where uh, the the ref has to pause everything and have someone uh, clean up the, as much as they can. But how can you clean that up as soon? You know, it's going to be wet for a long time, right? Yeah, you know, uh, some are saying mm-hmm. that the corner was stalling to kind of give their fighter a little bit more time mm-hmm. to recover. Yeah. Um, and and critics are saying that maybe the the ref should have given at least a point deduction, or they kind of feel like the association maybe fine him afterwards. What do What do you think about all that? <laughs> now, which uh, which corner was it that did that? Ocampo. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, if I think Ocampo is losing at that point already, and yeah. um, you know, taking a point away, what difference would it That's make? That's what I was thinking. So, um, but in the end, we do have a decision win for Sebastian Fundora 119 109 118 110 and 117-111. That's a big win for him. It is a big win against a very game opponent. Yeah, do you think he's he's um, you know, his next opponent is going to be a household name? I think so. He's 20 and 0 now. He's still the interim WBC title holder. Uh, again, a very physical fight, a good test for him. I believe the fight to make is going to be the winner of Charlo versus Tisu, which is should be next for him. Yeah, definitely. That fight actually happens in January. It's scheduled in January. Hopefully nothing falls through, and that does um, come to be. Yeah, I like the winner of that fight mm-hmm. to to uh, meet Sebastian Fondota for you know some some sort of title eventually. Yeah, absolutely. He's a big looks like a prayer mantis out he there. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. I, I've I've seen him fight. This is probably about his his my sixth fight watching him. And I'm really—he's fun to watch. He is fun to watch. Yeah. It's just so awkward just to see him fight. Yeah. 
All right, well, that's our our boxing recap for the last couple of weeks. Um, again, I'm kind of disappointed on the Conor Ben fight, um, but Sebastian Fandora did, did kind of fill in a little bit of that gap. Absolutely. All right, so now we are previewing this week's big fights. We have four big fights on the docket. We're going to quickly run through these. Um, starting this off for this weekend, we do have live on ESPN+. Plus. We have a doubleheader. Michaela Mayer versus Alicia Baumgartner starting us out. This is live from the O2 Arena in London, England. Yeah, so this is the women's super featherweight, junior lightweight uh, titles at 130 pounds in this division. Uh, Michaela Mayer is 32 years old and 17-0 and with 5Ks, and she is currently ranked first in this division. Her last fight was a win by decision April of this year, and she debuted in 2017. Now, Alicia the Bomb Baumgartner is 28 years old, 12-1 and with 7Ks, and she is currently ranked second in this division. Her last fight was a win by decision April of this year, and she debuted in 2017. Now, this is for Baumgartner's WBC title, and this is for my Mayer's IBF, WBO, and the ring title. Mayer is a favorite at a minus three, 320. Baumgartner is a underdog at a plus 230. Michaela Mayer is from Woodland Hills, California. She stands at 5'9", with a 66.5-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. She has a 29% knockout rate and notable wins with against Jennifer Hahn, Mavia Hamduche, and Erica Farias. Alicia Baumgartner is from Fremont, Ohio, standing at 5'6", with a 62-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. She has a 58% knockout rate with notable wins against Edith Matisse, Terry Harper, and Vanessa Bradford. Notable losses come against Christina Leonardatau. Um, this is a really good fight. Remember, it's rescheduled from rescheduled. Whenever, yeah, from the last about a month ago. It was um, where um, be, um, before the uh, Queen of England did pass away, um, and so they had to reschedule this fight. But big fight. I was excited then. I'm really excited now. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to waste any time. I like Mayor in this by decision. All right. Well, I also have Mayor by decision. Um, it's a Decision win. I I just think she's just got too much power. Absolutely. Next up on the next up on the card, we have the main event of the evening for that card: Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall. Again, this is the main event for the London card on ESPN Plus. This is a women's middleweight at 160 uh, pounds, uh, and this is for Marshall's WBO, and this is for Shields WBA, WBC, IBF, and the ring titles. Carissa T-Rex Shields is 27 years old, 12-0 with two KOs. She is currently ranked first in this division. Her last win was a, her last fight was a win by decision February this year, and she debuted in 2016. Now, Savannah, the silent assassin Marshall, is 31 years old. She is also 12-0 with 10 KOs. She is currently ranked second in this division. Her last fight was a win by KO in the third round. April of this year, and she debuted in 2017. Now, Shields is a minus 115. Marshall is also a favorite at minus 115. Clarissa Shields is from Flint, Michigan. She stands at 5'8", with a 68-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. She has a 16% knockout rate, with notable wins against Emma Corson and Christina Hammer. Savannah Marsha is, Marshall is from the United Kingdom. She stands at 5'11", with a 70-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. She has an 83% knockout rate with notable wins with notable wins against Fimke Hermans, Lolita Muzeye, and Maria Lindbergh. Both of these fighters undefeated. 
undefeated. Something's got to give, right? Yeah, and how many belts is that for the co-main co-main event and the main event? I think we're up to ten. Oh my god! I think crazy. crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. And 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 these two fights on any other weekend would probably be the fights of the weekend. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, again, I won't uh, hesitate uh, on this uh, pick. I'm taking Shields by decision. All right. Well, I'm also taking Clarissa Shields by decision. Next up. We preview, We are previewing another big fight. This one is actually going to be Saturday night on pay-per-view live from Brooklyn, New York. We have Deontay Wilder versus Rob, Robert Hellenius in a heavyweight division clash. This is in the heavyweight division, 200-plus pounds. Alexander Usyk, Tyson Fury, and Daniel Dubas is our current champions. Now, Deontay, the bronze bomber Wilder, is 36 years old, 42 and two and one with 41 KOs. He is currently ranked third in this division. His last fight was a loss by KO in the 11th round, October of last year, and he debuted in 2009. Now, Robert, the Nordic Nightmare, Hellenius, is 38 years old, 31 and three with 20 KOs, and he is currently ranked 20th in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the sixth round, October of last year, and he debuted in 2008. Now, this is for the final eliminator for the WBC World Heavyweight Championship. Now, Wilder is a massive favorite at a minus 850, and Hellenius is an underdog at 510. Deontay Wilder is from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He stands at 6'7 with an 83-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 97% knockout rate with notable wins against Luis Ortiz, Dominic Brazil, and Chris Ariola. He has two notable losses versus Tyson Fury. Robert Hellenius is from Stockholm, Sweden. He stands at 6'6 with a 79-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance with a 67% knockout rate, with notable wins against Adam Kanauki, Mateus Osario, and Erikin Tempor. Notable losses come against Gerald Washington, Dillian White, and Joan, Johan Duhalpas. This is going to be an interesting fight because Wilder has come off a, you know, a I don't know, a massive defeats, the last two defeats against Tyson Fury. And Hellenius has been an underdog, and people have overlooked him. Um, I kind of feel like it's October of last year when we were uh, previewing uh, Teofimo Lopez against Combosa. Am I correct in that? And you were like, don't sleep on Combosa. Right, Slow right, right. your roll. Yeah. And I think this is what you've been telling us about Hellenius, have you not? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen something different about Robert Hellenius, um, especially his wins against two wins against uh, Adam Kanauki, because I was really high on Adam Kanauki. And um, but he's I see them he, both getting you know he him getting the knockout against uh, Kanauki. Um, but I mean, what do you think? Who's gonna win this fight? And and interestingly enough, they last fought the last the same day, so they're three hundred and fifteen. I think days exact days exact days from their last fight. Uh would I surprise you if I went with the underdog? Would that surprise you? It wouldn't surprise me. Well, that's who I'm going with. I'm going with the Noritic Nightmare by KO in the eighth round. Wow. What well, do you got, sir? I have. I'm staying with Deontay Wilder. Okay. TKO in the sixth, sixth round. round. Um, 
I just think that you know Deontay Wilder has dy- dynamite in his in his gloves, and I've seen the loss the the losses that you know Hellenius does have. He has losses against Gerald Washington, Dillian White, and um, you know I think in an even given night, I think Deontay Wilder knocks those guys out. The only person that he has not been able to stand up with is Tyson Fury, which no one else has. True, and I think the WBC Eliminator. The WC title is that still with Tyson Fury? Correct. Um, I don't think so. I think okay. he got stripped. Okay, okay. Because I was a little worried that if Wilder ends up winning this fight, well, what are they going to make him do? Fight Tyson Fury a fourth time? Like that's not going to do any anybody any. Yeah, good. but I don't think Tyson Fury's fine. Okay. Like, re- isn't he retired? No, he he's actually in negotiations now. He's moved on from Joshua, and now he's in negotiations with uh, a Dylan White. Maybe. Hmm. I can't remember. Not Dylan White. I think there's another one. So, well, I don't yeah. know. I don't think I don't think Tyson still has his WBC okay. title. Gotcha. I don't know. Yep. Well, I'm excited for this fight. I am too. It's going to be a really big fight. Um, but capping it off, and actually happening probably before this fight, is uh, uh, one of the biggest fights rematches of the fall: Devin Haney versus George Combosis Jr. Again on ESPN Plus, live from Melbourne, Australia. This is in the lightweight division, 135 pounds. Devin Haney and Trevante Tank Davis is their current champions. Now, this is for Haney's WBA, WBC, WBO, IBF, and the ring championship titles. Devin the Dream Haney is 23 years old, 28 and 0, 15 KOs. He is currently ranked second in this division. His last fight was a win by decision. June of this year, and he debuted in 2015. Now, George Ferocious Cambosa Jr. is 29 years old, 20-1 with 10 KOs. He is currently ranked third in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision June of this year, and he debuted in 2015. Now, Haney is a massive favorite at minus 900, and Cambosis is a underdog at a plus 530. Devin Haney is from San Francisco, California. He stands at 5'8 with a 71-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 53% knockout rate with notable notable wins against George Combosis Jr., Jojo Diaz, and Jorge Linares. George Combosis Jr. is from Australia. He stands at 5'9 with a 68-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 50% knockout rate with notable wins against Teofimo Lopez, Lee Shelby, and Lee Selby and Mickey Bay. Notable losses come against Devin Haney. This is a big rematch. Huge rematch. Uh, and in and, and Australia, you would think this would be in the United States. Haney wasn't scared the first time and took those belts back home to the United States. And he said, you know what? I'll come back to your hometown and do it again. Yeah, I'm the- very uh, impressed. Uh, and I respect Haney a lot for doing it. Now, this is going to be Saturday on October 15th. Um, but this is going to be um, actually, an evening fight, so it's going to be at nine thirty Central Standard Time for on us. The zone, yeah. So it's happening at two thirty in the afternoon in um, Australia. Okay, so it's on the zone, not ESPN. Uh, well, oh uh, yeah, ESPN, yeah. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure which one I got to go to. Awesome. Okay. Uh, gosh, who do you like in this one? Ooh, this is a tough one, but I'm going to go ahead and steal champion Devin Haney. By decision. By decision? Okay. Well, I rarely go against the odds maker, especially when they've got it almost a 1,000 
Uh, Where they have it nine uh, minus nine hundred. Devin Haney. Yes, that's some good money. That's a good place to make some money. Right no, there. that's a good place to lose some money. You got to put you got to put nine hundred no, down no, to get a dollar. No, put, put a dollar on a uh, on a uh, Combosis. Combosis is a plus five thirty. Oh, he's okay. Plus five thirty. Yeah. That's still not too bad. That's not bad, and and I kind of think they're kind of disrespecting Combosis. It's not like oh, he, I think so. I don't think it should be that. I don't far either. Apart. Yeah, but I'm still taking Haney. I still believe he's going to take those belts back home to United States by decision. All right. What a weekend! It's going to be an amazing weekend for boxing. Four big fights, three of them title fights, and one. You know, we'll never know what's what's going to happen with Deontay Wilder. I mean, if if he loses. Is that the end of Deontay Wilder? That's three fights in, in a row that he's I, lost. I kind of feel that this is probably the biz- biggest weekend of the year so far. I can't think of another one that was like, oh, my gosh, like 15-plus titles that, have, that that are on the line this weekend. Yeah, definitely. And then there's also on the um, on the preliminaries, on the preliminary fights for Deontay Wilder's uh, match, we have uh, the return of Caleb Plant. He's fighting oh. against Anthony Durrell in a super middleweight clash for WBC Eliminator. And um, we also have Frank Sanchez fighting. Um, he's a heavyweight contender that's coming up also. He's fighting Carlos Negron. Okay. And also on the same card, Gary Antonio Russell versus Emmanuel Rodriguez in a bantamweight class. Wow. For that one card? Yeah. Well, it's a pay-per-view too. So Yeah, but still, yeah. I mean, that's an amazing card. It sure is. We have a lot of boxing action this weekend, do we not? Oh, man, yeah, definitely, definitely. Wow. Well, I'm excited for that. I cannot wait to watch all these uh, just colossal fights uh, go down this weekend. All right, well, that brings us to our boxing news and notes. So Wilder has come out and said he felt a little sluggish and a little heavy in the third Fury fight. And he will be in two, in his 220s for Hellenius. Deontay Wilder was determined to add muscle mass before his third fight against Tyson Fury. The former WBC heavyweight champion came in at a career-high 238 pounds for the showdown last October 9th at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Despite that he stands 6'7", the Alabama native never officially weighed in more than 231 pounds prior to last October 8th. In hindsight, Wilder considers that approach a mistake, and he plans to weigh somewhere in the 220s or under. So what do you think about his weight adjustment for this fight coming up? Well, I think we, we all kind of noticed that how heavy Deontay Wilder did come against come in against um, Tyson Fury, thinking that that extra weight would you know help him out. But, you know, we kind of saw that it didn't help him out at all. So I, I, I'm I, glad he's losing his weight, and I'm glad he's coming in a little bit leaner. And I think maybe he learned a little bit from the Usyk's fights with Joshua that clearly Usyk was lighter than Joshua yeah. and that Usyk used uh, his quickness mm-hmm. and his boxing skills to outbox Joshua being the bigger guy. Yeah, but the thing is, that does Deontay Wilder really have enough boxing skills honed his boxing skills like uh, Usyk has no I'm not comparing the fact okay. that 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 Wilder has boxing skills remotely superior to what uh, Usyk, Usyk is yeah. but what I'm saying is that the overall quickness of whatever skills he does have will help him in this next fight rather than gaining mass 
All right. Well, it looks like we have um, Arthur Betterbeev planning to come back and uh, defend his title on January 28th, assuming that his challenger, the person that they're signing up, signing to okay. fight, wins his tune-up fight in November. Arthur Betterbeev and Anthony Yard are currently um, in negotiations for a January 28th fight, despite um, Anthony Yard having a fight already. So Yard, who is now in line to fight for a championship, has a tune-up fight in November? Okay, and what if he loses that? Is that going to derail any title chance or not? What? Um, well, no, uh, yeah, it is, of course. I mean, yeah, if he so loses why that, take that fight? I think it's just a tune-up that uh, okay. and they they already they already know that what the outcome is going to be. So, you know, well, counting your chickens before they hatch is not good. It's not always good. Yeah. So De La Hoya says Canelo will never fight Benedivas. Oscar De La Hoya is convinced that Canelo Alvarez versus David Benedivas showdown is nothing more than a pipe dream, and pins the blame all on his former client. Canelo will never fight Benedivas. De La Hoya posted on Instagram. He's too young and too talented. Alvarez has famously snubbed Benedivas as a prospective opponent, citing the latter's hollow resume. Alvarez, who holds all the belts at 168, has frequently stated Benedivas must earn his strikes before he deserves the opportunity to face him. Earlier this year, it was reported that Alvarez had been offered a lucrative two-fight deal by Al Heyman to fight Jamal Charlo in the, in the spring and then either Walter Waite champion Earl Spence Jr. or Ben Davis in the fall. Instead, Alvarez opted to sign a similar multi-fight deal with Hearn, which was Bevel and Triple G. So, I got a couple questions for you on, on this uh, article. Number one, do you think that Alvarez is ever going to fight David Benedictus? Um, um, I wish they would, but right now it's not looking like that because I think after, if they do, it's going to be in two years from now, three years from now. Right. Because, you know... Uh, Canelo wants those uh, bigger heavyweights at those those uh, is it the lightweight or middleweight titles? Yeah, something like that. But one of those titles, um, like Better Beef titles, because then I think that I see him fighting Better Beef or the winner of Beevil. Um, you know, if he beats Beevil later on, do you think he's sidestepping or avoiding Benedictus? I don't think so. I think he knows that he can. He, I mean, do you really see Canelo sidestepping anyone? I don't believe he no. sidestepped anyone. And do you think, uh, do you think that his he thought in his head his management team or Alvarez thought that the better multi-fight deal for him was Bevel and Triple G or Earl Spence Jr. and Benedivas? Oh no, it's got it had to be Triple G and uh, right and uh, Bevel. Right. Do you think that path in his head he thought would have been easier than Spence Jr. and Benedivas, or do you think personally? It would have been harder to fight. So they, are they saying that he should have fought Earl Spence Jr.? What I'm saying, he was offered two different deals. Uh, okay. he was His deals was either Bevel and Triple G, which he picked, mm -hmm. or he was going to fight Jamal Charlo first, and then either Earl Spence Jr. or Benavides. And one, my question to you is, which two-fight deal is harder for Alvarez, you think, to fight? Who's the better fighters, his opponents? Bevel and Triple G or... Spencer Charlo. 
man, it's like I would. I think I would say right now, Charlo and Spence. Would have been easier um, for him, right? Well, no, I think that, I think Charles Charlo and Benavides would have been a harder fight. Yeah, I think so too. You know, and um, then a Triple G and Bevel. Yeah, because Triple G is like the outlier for that that pick. It's like, it is. You know, we're, we we probably we probably already knew what we were getting with Triple G. A we just wanted to see G. the trilogy yeah. and see Triple G and Alvarez one more time. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Do you have any other boxing news? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps up our boxing news and our boxing segment. Now on to our MMA um, segment. Didn't have a lot to cover um, a week before because we were off, right? Yep, yep. And then this past weekend, we did have a fight, yep. uh, a night, right? We did not We did not have one this past week, and we had the week before. Oh, yeah, that's right. See, I'm all confused, right? Yeah. So I am a week behind. And, uh, that's you know, okay. The, well, the train is uh, uh, revving up, right? That's right. All right. Well, we did, like you said, we did have a fight a couple of weeks ago. We did have Mackenzie Dern versus Jan Shannon and kind of, you know, just speeding things up. We're just going to recap three of those big fights on that card. First up, we had Ronnie Barcelos versus Tevin Jones in a bantamweight division clash. A bantamweight fight that saw two fighters having much on the line to move up in this tough division. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I think it was a one-sided fight. For it this was. One. Jones didn't have any answers for Bar- Barcelona on this night, man. No, definitely. Uh, Ronnie Barcelos did defeat Tevin Jones via unanimous de- decision 30-25, 30-27, and 30-27. We have a 30-25, so all rounds. This judge gave Barcelos all rounds to um, to him. That's crazy. It, it it definitely was a fight that, that you could have argued that it, it – it was deserving of of that scoring because I mean, uh, Barcelos ground and pound was so dominant on on Jones every round. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now Barcelos is six and two in the UFC, ranked seventeenth. What do you think's next for him? Seventeen and four overall. Looks strong in this fight. Uh, he's now in the win column after a two fight losing streak. Uh, I have a Cody Statham at twentieth, who is twenty five and six and four in the UFC. I like a rank number 14th, uh, Umar Nurmagomedov, um, you know, because everyone else around uh, Barcelos is kind of booked for the next couple months. Yeah, that's going to be a tough fight for him, though. Yeah. Yep. Um, Barcelos is one and two in his last three fights. So, you know, I don't know. It's kind of give or take with him. Yep. What do you think is next for Jones? 39, 13, and 9, 1 and 3 in the UFC now. He's on a three-fight losing streak. He needs a win. Uh, I believe he can get one against the 44th-ranked fighter in Tony Gravely. Yeah, uh, Jones is now 0-3 in his last three fights. Um, like I said, ranked 44. Oh, man, I think, you know, I, I actually I do have the same uh, Tony Gravely. Oh, right you do? For 45th, yeah. Yeah, he just needs to find a winner. He's going to be out of this promotion. Yeah. And which is sad because I think Trevin Jones is really good. Yep. Next up on the card, we have Francisco Trinaldo versus Randy Brown in a welterweight division clash. A fight that saw an old but tough guard taking on a new guard in this division. It was really back and forth. I mean, if you look at the scorecards, um, you know, even the judges thought, you know, it was yeah. going back and forth. In the end, we do have uh, Randy Brown defeating Francisco Trinaldo 29-28 across the board. Um, yeah, it was, it was really close. Yeah, you know, uh, I've got one c- kind of a little bit of controversy in this in this ra- in mm-hmm. this fight. 
we saw where uh, the game plan for Tornado was not to stand and bang, but to get Brown to the ground. And he almost got him to the ground, but Brown grabbed the fence, preventing uh. a takedown. So my question to you is this. Do you think the refs should be able, in between rounds, when they've seen or possibly heard somebody say that he had grabbed that to look at the videotape and maybe assess the situation and give a, a point deduction because it was clearly a foul? Um, no, I think it's really excessive for um, a point deduction after the fact. I think if he catches them, there should be a couple warnings before. Um, but it, it, only if it doesn't affect the actual outcome. You know, if you know, if if grabbing the fence meant being knocked out or not or being submitted, that's I think that would be different. But I mean, there's there's a lot of times that these res, these uh, fighters do grab at the fence and yeah. it's not called. And I think it's kind of being more and more um, uh, commonplace to 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 say, hey, he grabbed the fence, fence, and they didn't even call it. Yeah, you know, and so that's that's. You know, I th I've heard a lot of people talk about this, and I'm kind of in agreement with what they're saying. If if they're not going to call it, do it. Yeah, it's not cheating unless they, unless they call it, right? Yes. So, what do you think's next for Randy Brown? Sixteen and four, ten and four. The UFC. I thought it was a good win over a very tough opponent. I think his progression up at this division has been really good, and I think a top twenty opponent should be next for him. Any top twenty. Any top 20, just get him a fight. And what do you think's next for uh, Trinaldo? Trinaldo, 28-9, and 18-8 in the UFC. He's 44 years old, but he's still a dangerous fighter, and he gave Brown fits at times. I think a fun fight next for him would be Matt Brown, who is sitting at 39. Oh, yeah, I like that, definitely. Next up, we do have the main event of the evening, Mackenzie Dern versus John Shannon in a women's strawweight division clash. A fight that had each fighter with a clear game plan, one using their kickboxing skills while the other their grappling skill set. Um, man, Mackenzie Dern was almost getting the win a couple of times. She did. Oh, no, it was razor close match. Mm. Uh, both fighters were getting their game plans. Yeah. You could see where uh, the kickboxer was getting getting her kicks in. You could see where Dern was trying to get her down using her grappling. I mean, this fight could have gone any, either way. Either way. And, or it could have been submitted, right? Because Dern yes. had, had her dead to rights on a couple occasions. And I'll have to tell you, uh, the corner of Dern, uh, I love the fact that he, that the corner was so honest with her and, w and wouldn't – you know, a lot of the corner will pep you up and go, oh, yeah, you're winning this, you're winning this, you're right. doing good. Her corner was dead set going, you are losing this fight. Wow. You need to get out there and do something, Dern. Um, in the end, we do have Jan Shannon winning against Mackenzie Dern, a majority decision win, 48-47, 48-47, and 47-47. So it was a majority decision. Yeah, Dern was unhappy with the result yeah, for sure. She almost broke down in the interview. She did. Um, Jan is now 6-2 in the UFC, ranked third. I mean, it's kind of hard to see where she's going next. Well, she's 8-0 in the in the UFC. I believe she is one fight away from a title fight. Uh, so give me either Rose Namanunas or Jessica Andrade with the winner of that fight getting a title shot. I have the same thing. Uh, Jessica Andrade um, fighting uh fighting her next and if she wins wins for that title or if that's not a, not a possible how about the winner of um mariana rodriguez 
versus Amanda Lemos, the winner of that fight. Absolutely. How about for Mackenzie Dern? Ranked seventh, twelve and three, seven and three at USC. She was clearly disappointed in the loss. I thought the judges could have gone her way in this one, but they didn't. Uh, she is a beast on the ground. Um, I think a fight with Michelle Watterson at eleventh, who is also on a losing streak, would be a great fight next. Yeah, I have um, that or uh, Tisha Torres. Ranked Tisha Torres, yeah. All right. What did you think about that that past weekend's fight? A little disappointed, uh, and my you know uh, ranking, my bar, uh, kind of shows that I've got it a six point five. You know what the biggest news of that card was? What was the big news? Um, that it, there was no reporters, no media were allowed into the building, or no fans either. W- why? Because we had a special guest. We had a special guest. Let me let me think. I'd normally say JP, but I always say that, and I know he wasn't there. Who who was a special guest? Well, one Mr. Mark Zuckerberg. Who is that guy? I've never heard of him. <laughs> He's going to be the next uh, ruler of the world, I'm sure. Oh, if he isn't already. If he isn't already, yeah. They so shut Mr. Down. Facebook himself was there. He was at Meta. Meta. It's not Facebook Me- anymore. It's Meta. Oh. Mr. Meta himself was there. Yeah. And you know what? He wasn't sitting in the chief seats because it felt like I was watching him the whole time, too, in yeah. the background, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, for some reason, um, they shut everything down. Nobody was allowed to go in there, uh, you know, other than the people he wanted in there. Now, I don't know this answer. Do you know if if the fight nights are special guests, people don't pay for tickets in that because it's not a very good arena, you know, a very big arena, or, or, or did he have to buy the whole thing out or what happened well rumor has it they did rent it out he oh, did buy it out but okay. you know dana white has has uh, denied that so i don't mm. know nobody really knows but that was the biggest story of the night yes it was you know not the fighters no not uh you know one of the richest men in the world fighting in front you know getting watching um you know warriors fight this, this in a should, cage. This shouldn't be surprising. They do it all the time in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah. yeah. So who do you think was fight of the night? If if any. I mean, I, th- I think the Dern Yawn should be because it was uh, clearly back and forth. Well, it looks like um we have uh, Daniel Santos versus John Castaneda, which was in the preliminary fight. Okay. Uh, Daniel Santos wins by knockout. And then uh, performances of the night. We don't have any from the main card, you know, kind of obvious. Yeah. Um, but we do have Joaquin Silvia, Silva, Brandon Allen, Chelsea Chandler, and Guido Canetti. Well, good for them. They probably deserved it. Well, that brings us to this week's UFC Fight Night. Alexa Grasso versus Vienna Araujo. Starting off that card, uh, we will be previewing Brandon Royval versus Askar Askarov. This is in the flyweight division at 125 pounds. Figueredo is our current champion. Now, Askar Bullet Askarov is 30 years old, 14-1 with four KOs, seven submissions, and three decisions. He is currently ranked fourth in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision March of this year, and he is 3-1 in his last four fights. Now, Brandon Raw Dog Rovell is 30 years old, 14-6 with three submissions, four decisions, and three KOs. He is currently ranked sixth in this division. His last fight was a win by submission in the first round, May of this year, and he is 2-2 two and two in his last four fights. Now, Askarov is a minus 240, and Rovell is a plus 200. 
Brandon Rovales from Denver, Colorado. He stands at 5'7 with a 68-inch reach, representing Factory X MMA. He has three performance awards with notable wins against Matt Schnell, Rogerio Bontarine, and Kai Cara France. He has notable losses against Alexandre Pantoja and Brandon Moreno. Askar Askarov is from Dagestan. He stands at 5'6 with a 67-inch reach, representing Fighting Eagles. He has no performance awards, but notable wins against Joseph Benavides, Alexandre Pantoja, and Tim Elliott. His notable losses come against Kai Cara France and a draw versus Brandon Moreno. This should be a five-round fight. This is going to be a fight. This is going to be an amazing fight. Yeah. This should have been last week's main card. It should have been. Main event. Right. It should have been. But it wasn't. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm an Askarov fan. I'm going to take him by decision. Well, I'm also an Askarov fan, but I'm taking Brandon Royval by decision. Wow. Okay. Next up on the card, we have the co-main event of the evening, Cub Swanson versus Jonathan Martinez in a bantamweight division clash. This is at 135 pounds. Aljermaine Sterling is the current champion. Now, Cub Killer Swanson is 38 years old, 28 and 12, with 13 KOs, 4 submissions, and 11 decisions. He is currently ranked 14th in the featherweight division, so he is moving down in weight. His last fight was a TKO in the first round, December of last year, and he is 3-1. and one. In his last four fights. Now, Jonathan Dragon Martinez is 28 years old, 16 and 4, with seven KOs, two submissions, seven decisions. He is currently ranked 33rd in the Bantamweight division. His last fight was a decision May of this year, and he is on a three fight win streak. Now, Martinez is a favorite and a minus 200, and Swanson is a plus 170. Cub Swanson is from Palm Springs, California. He stands at 5'7 with a 70-inch reach, representing UFC Jim Costa Mesa. He has eight performance awards with notable wins against Darren Elkins, Daniel Bonetta, and Carl Gracie. Notable losses come against Gijek Chikadze, Shane Burgos, and Renato Makaino. Jonathan Martinez is from Plainview, Texas. He stands at 5'7 with a 70-inch reach. He has one performance award with notable wins against Vince Morales, Alejandro Perez, and Frankie Science. Notable losses come against David Grant, David Grant, and Andre Ewell. I'm a Cub Swanson fan. I am too. But I really like him. You know I don't like fighters that go down in weight. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, not a fan of that. Man, how much weight? Could, he, could Cub Swanson lose? I mean, he was already a little guy. I know. I know. Man. I mean, he's probably as tall as I am. It's but crazy. I know. Guy. I know. With that being said, give me the younger guy by 10 years. Martinez wow. by KO in the second round. Well, I really like uh, Jonathan Martinez. I've seen him, you know, progress throughout the years. Plus, he's a Texas boy, a West Texas boy at that. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. from Blameview, Texas. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Martinez by knockout in the third round. Okay. Next up on the card, we have the main event of the evening, Alexa Grasso versus Viviana Vivienne Araju in the women's flyweight division. So this is at 125 pounds. Valentina Shevchenko is our current champion. Now, Alexa Grazio is 29 years old, 14 and 3 with four KOs, one submission, nine decisions. She is currently ranked eighth in this division. Her last fight was a win by submission in the first round, May of this year, and she is on a three-fight win streak now vivian arajo 
He's 35 years old, 11 and 3 with three KOs, four submissions, and then four decisions. She is currently ranked ninth in this division. Her last fight was a win by decision, May of this year, and she is two and one in her last three fights. Now Graggio is a minus two twenty, and Rajo is a plus one eighty. Alexa Grasso is from Guadalajara, Mexico. He's she stands at five five with a sixty six inch reach, representing Lobo Gym. She now has two performance awards with notable wins against Joanne Wood, Macy Barber, and Ji Young Kim. Notable losses come against Carla Esparza and Tatiana Suarez. Viviani Arajo is from Brazil. She stands at 5'5 with a 68-inch reach, representing Cerrado MMA. She has no performance awards, but notable wins against Andrea Lee, Andrea Lee, Roxanne Modaferri, and Montana De La Rosa. Notable losses come against Caitlin Shakagan and Jessica I. They both have a, some resume. They fought some people. Yeah, but you know what? Now that you look back at things, hindsight being twenty twenty. Yeah. If you have a last loss against Carla Esparza, I the mean, champ, the champ. But it's like she's you, the champ. But is she? Is she? But is she? I don't know. That it, that <laughs> we, she needs to defend it once, and I think it's coming I up. I think so. so. It is coming yeah. up. Yeah. Um, it's very fascinating that uh, the last two fight nights have been headlined by uh, a Women. women's fight. Yeah, that is fascinating. I mean, I, I do enjoy that. Um, I think the outcome, though, is going to be the favorite, Grazio, by decision. Yeah, I also have that Alexo Grasso by decision. Are you looking forward to this uh, card a little bit? I am, yeah. A lot more for than I was the last time. Yeah. But um, I, last time I was really – the only one that really stood out to, to me was that – Jan Shannon versus Mackenzie Dern. This one, there's a several card. There's several people fighting on this card there is. that I'm really looking forward to, um, especially you know the West Texas kid. There's also on the preliminary some big names. I don't know if you know remember Nick Maximov. He's from the uh, Nick Diaz camp. I do. He's fighting against Victor Henry or actually Jacob Malkun and Rafael Asensal. He's one of those. Um, older names that we see all the time he's also fighting on the preliminary card he, is. he la- last fought um ricky simone um he lost that fight he also lost to cody carbrand remember on the last second knockout that's right um, but he's riding a four fight losing streak wow he's gonna need a win big win he needs a big win right yeah. now so Man, i'm excited it it does feel like it's been a while since we've uh, seen a pay-per-view, so I think we hopefully are going to have one coming up real soon, right? Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Yep. Two, UFC 280 is right around yep. the corner. Um, that's going to be October 22nd, live from Abu Dhabi. Nice. That's going to be really big fun. And you know who's headlining that one, right? I do not. Charles Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makashev. Wow. All right, that brings us to our MMA news and notes. Well, speaking of that UFC big uh, pay-per-view card, Volganovsky has announced he will weigh in as a backup. UFC featherweight champion Alexander Volganovsky will be in Abu Dhabi to serve as a backup to the Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makhachev fight at UFC 280. In a tweet, he said it's official. I'm back. I'm the backup fighter for the lightweight title. Volganovsky said, see you all in Abu Dhabi. Volganovsky hasn't fought at 155 since his UFC debut in November of 2016. Before that, he won the Wogong 
Wars lightweight title just months before his first fight in an octagon. What do you think about that? Wow, he's going up in weight, right? He he would go up in weight to and is this this for a championship belt. This this would be for a champion. Yeah, because they're both fighting yeah. for the champ. So so in case one of them doesn't make it, dang. Be, and and you know this this needs a backup, right? Yeah. They need to have make sure that this fight goes off, whether it's. You know, uh, Oliveira or Makachev, you know, not making weight. Do you, you like him as a backup, first off? Oh, do you yeah, like I him do. As a backup? I mean, that's a story in itself, right? You know, with uh, the a lower-class champion going up again to the uh, to uh, a heavier weight okay. to be the champion there, L- double let, champ. Let's do the hypothetical. Does he stand a chance against Oliveira? I don't think so. Does he stand a chance against Makachev? I think so. What? I think he's strong, really? stronger than, than Makachev. Because you think on the ground, Oliveira would take Volganovski? I think so. Okay, but T-City tried that and didn't work out so well. So, And T-City's, I think, as good on the ground but, as, as Oliveira, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he can take both of them. I don't know. Because I'm thinking about Oliveira, his striking. Well, you know what? Um, we have a... Uh, we have, uh, uh, Volkanovski, a big time striker, right? Yeah. Um, and then okay, well, uh, uh, Makashev is a wrestler. Yes. Well, I think um, Volkanovski can also wrestle. Yeah, right? he can, and yeah. he's strong. I think he's strong. He's very strong. Who Who would you like against Oliveira between Volkanovski and? Oliveira? I'd rather see Volkanovski fight versus Mark. I mean, I'd rather see Oliveira Volkanovski than Oliveira Makashev. Yeah, I do. I think that would be a great fight. But you know what the WWE would do? Three-way fight. Be a triple threat, baby. <laughs> and they'd throw a steel cage in there. Yeah, definitely. I wonder if we can get that done in uh, Abu Dhabi. I'm sure anything <laughs> could get done there. Gosh. Well, it looks like um, long-time UFC heavy, light heavyweights Alexander Gustafsson and OSP Ovis St. Peru will get it on on UFC 282 on December 10th. How do you I, like that? I thought he retired. I thought so too, but it looks like he's he's back. back. He's back, which I, I would love. I would. I want him to be successful because I've always liked Gustafsson. I do. I did too. You know, and yeah. it's just um, it's, you know, some several issues with bad luck or whatever, and uh, just has prevented him to become a little bit more successful than we probably all want him to be. Am I correct that Gustafsson fought John Jones to the limit and oh, almost th- beat him? I think yeah. He I, and I even think that um, he could have won if he would have the. Right, Ellie. I think he had yeah. an illegal blow or something. He did, he, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, or you know what? No, I think it was a it was a Hall of Fame bout that it just went down to the wire for that one. Yeah. It was it was a great bout. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for that Legends fight. Yeah, I am too. So former UFC bantamweight Aspen Lad has signed with Professional Fighters League. It took only a week after being released from the USC for Aspen Ladd to find a new home. The PFL announced on Tuesday morning that Ladd will be joining the PFL. ESPN reports that Ladd will be competing in the new featherweight division that the promotion will be opening in 2023 season. So, with all the weight problems she seemed to have in the USC, what do you think about her move over to the PFL? It's an interesting, um, it's an interesting saga, I guess you would say, because she missed weight, right? We were, we were both were disappointed yes. in that. Um, a couple of days later, after she missed weight, you know who got cut? N- no, 
uh, well, she didn't get cut. Her pony got cut. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. But then a couple of days later after that, she got yeah. cut. And then she got signed by the PFL. And Dana White even says she's a great fighter. She's an up-and-coming star. Yeah. It's just she just can't keep missing weight, which is, I think, PFL is a little bit de- different divisions, right? I different think so, weight classes. Yeah. Um, so I think she's going to be really successful in the PFL. I think she's a great fighter. Yeah. I think we both think she's a great fighter. Yeah. It's just she had her management of her weight loss for the cuts were just not very good. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, that she, whatever her management or, or dietitian, if she needs to get a new one or keep the same one right. and, and, and review of what she's doing wrong and get it right, I think she's going to be great in the PFL. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it was just a funny turn of events, turn of events where um, she missed weight. Few days later, her opponent got cut. Yeah, <laughs> she was still in the UFC. <laughs> yeah, roster. that is kind of weird. Do you have any other MMA news or notes? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's MMA segment. Um, get ready for next week because next week we're going to start our uh, our Pick'em League for um season what four? Season five. Five. Yeah, that's season right. Season five. Wow. And it's we've we've taken quite a few weeks off. I know that a few of our our. Uh, contestants have emailed me and go uh when we starting up i'm ready to go yeah yeah. we're gonna start it up for that ufc 280 um again um like we said it's gonna be uh alexander volkanovsky versus uh islam makashev right yes or is it gonna be charles Oliveira versus islam makashev or or Oliveira versus volkanovsky yeah exactly so or makashev versus Oliveira. oh i don't know something a something three, or a three-wave match right and and here's the thing I mean, we're making fun of that that main event the other four on that pay-per-view could all main event even on the preliminaries you got Bilal muhammad fighting oh yeah incredible so. it's going to be incredible i cannot wait i can't wait for se- season five to start and i can't wait for all our uh entries to come back in well, that wraps things up for this this week. Thank you to everyone that continues to listening to our show. We hope to be back next week to recap the this week's fights and predictions. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter um, for updated news and notes. That's it for this week. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone. And keep your hands up. And happy fighting.